I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to What's in a Name, the podcast all about what names mean and how they came to be. I am James. And I'm Anna. And we've been away for a little while. I'm calling this season two of our podcast. Which is a a stroke of branding genius, quite frankly, because the alternative (laughs) means admitting just how hard things have been. (laughs) But no. Keep it light, keep it light. We're professionals. We do these things on purpose. So what have you been up to since our last episode? Well, do you know, um, I've been hanging out uh, with my boyfriend every chance I get. Um, You know about that. (laughs) He sounds great. (laughs) Yeah, not even trying to hide it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I've been working from home and staying inside and all those other fun activities. Have you been playing Hades perchance? I, I might have been playing quite a lot of Hades since you introduced <laughs> me to it. It's really good. It's really good. It is really good. That's partly what inspired my choice of topic for this month's episode. Are you going to tell them what we're doing today, James? <laughs> you can tell them if you like. We're doing myths! We're doing myths and I'm so excited. We're doing mostly ancient Greek and Roman myths. And obviously there's a lot of overlap between the two. Um, I've tried to focus mostly on Greek, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of intermingling. As there was at the time. Indeed. <laughs> Raising eyebrow. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this this one's been on my list for quite a long time. And just playing Hades and seeing all those characters and those words made me think we should get to it sooner rather than later, which is why we've come back with it. Yeah. Do you want to go first? Who's your first choice? Yeah. Sure. Okay, so my first choice is Tantalus. Mm. So um, I've decided the way I'm structuring these is I'm going in with the person first, telling you their story and then telling you the words we get from it. Go for it. So we've got Tantalus in Greek mythology. Um, He famously has a punishment in the underworld. For all eternity, he is punished to stand in a pool of water beneath a fruit tree, with fruit that was always just out of reach, and water that receded whenever he stooped to drink. (laughs) So he could never quite drink, he could never quite eat. And from this we get the word tantalising, to mean something tempting and much desired. Oh, I was going to say it meant when you have wet feet. No, it doesn't mean when you have wet feet. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? No, but so I thought um, for anyone who's curious, I'd explain what he did to deserve this. So he's a son of Zeus. Who isn't, right? I know, exactly. Um, He was welcomed to Zeus's table in Olympus, but abused his hospitality by stealing ambrosia and nectar to bring back to his people, revealing the secrets of the gods. So that was stroke one. That is an etiquette faux pas, that is, yeah. It is, it is. Also, he did kill and boil his son as an offering to the gods. Yeah, but everyone does that. Everyone does. It's true, it's true. Quite dirigeur. 
But yeah, he boiled his son Pelops as an offering for the gods, uh, which grossed them out pretty immensely. <laughs> they did bring the kid back to life. Uh, he, he grew up, he did okay for himself. But Tantalus was in everybody's bad books anyway, because cannibalism and sun killing were frowned upon at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, another version of events says he stole a gold dog, which I just don't see. <laughs> What's that <laughs> well, got that to do has any relation to anything. So I, I like that version less. Um, but it's not just the story. You know, these names don't come out of nowhere, even if we do know the person that originated the word tantalizing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't born out of nothing. Plato interprets the name as being from talentatos, meaning who has to bear much or suffer much from talas. Mm-hmm. Um, some people say it possibly goes back to Proto-Indo-European. Again, what doesn't? <laughs> what doesn't, yeah. Talos, meaning to bear or carry, making it a relative both of Atlas, who carried the world on his shoulders, mm. and teleport, television, and telephone. Nice. But that's just a theory. And there's an etymologist called Robert Beeks, who's much smarter than me, who says that's quite an unlikely route. But the book in which he argues that case is around 400 quid. So, quite frankly, he can do one. <laughs> I'm going to stick with what I got for free. Robert Beeks can keep his beak out of it <laughs> he may well be right but he's not on wikipedia is he <laughs> <laughs> yeah he might be right but he's not free <laughs> Sorry. And you can't put a price on knowledge that's so true that's so true it's probably why the book's so expensive oh my gosh it's ridiculous it's like 300 and no yeah 390 quid on one site and 450 on another and there's the only Oof. two copies so i was like i was curious <laughs> now i am less curious <laughs> <laughs> okay i enjoy that yeah, one so that's tantalizing for you Next time you're feeling tantalized, you can be like, hmm, it's like I've just boiled my son. Yeah, it's like I just have wet feet. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to go with uh, one that I thought was very interesting. It's another Greek god. Another Greek myth, I should say. It's another Greek myth, which is Pan. Are we all familiar with Pan? Ooh, yes. Yeah, Pan was a a half-goat, half-man who was a Greek god of nature. I guess he's a fawn and, you know, connected to a lot of ideas about fertility and sexuality and specifically the natural world. Mm -hmm. And then eventually Mr. Tumnus. (laughs) Eventually. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, actually, there's there's some really interesting stuff about how the symbolism of Pan and satan got sort of intermingled in the victorian era and that was mostly because of pan's popularity sort of generally was it as late as that goodness it me. was extremely late yeah it's very interesting it's not, nothing mm. to do with the words so i'm gonna skip over it but if you like yeah. that <laughs> head to wikipedia where they've got all this information for less than 400 pounds yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there are a couple of words that are related to pan the gods so what i went in looking for was is this pan related to like pandemic pantheon like the the prefix pan sure to mean like all yeah i can tell you now that is not the case hooray <laughs> pan pan was a pre-existing prefix which is spelt the same but just had nothing nothing to do with the god pan okay. in any specific way false friends i think we can call them yeah quite confidently but there are some words that are related to pan um the first of those is panic the thing you do at discos <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so panic um it means like of the god Pan, which kind of makes sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And specifically, one of the things that Pan used to do was cry out in his sleep. Um, and the the sounds that he made were reported to be the, the source for like why herds of animals got spooked. Oh, wow. So what that, that means really interestingly is that Panic and Pandemonium have completely different roots. Exactly, yeah. Huh. 
And so something that is panic is like inspired by the god Pan. So again, he was said to be able to inspire this kind of fear in humans as well. There are there are multiple battles in which uh, Pan was said to have been the, the deciding factor because, you know, the enemies, he favoured one side and the enemies flee in a panic. Oh my goodness, okay. And so <laughs> the other word that is directly related to Pan is Pan Pipes. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> he used to play the pipes and that instrument and now specifically to differentiate it from other forms of pipes are called the Pan Pipes. My mum went through a real panpipe phase at one point. Panpipe moods. I remember the adverts in the nineties. Yeah, right. She was super into yeah. it. <laughs> it's it's kind of ironic in a way that Pan would be the source for both this like panic uh, emotion and also for Extremely the calming soothing. sound of panpipes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's done well for himself. He's got both ends of the yeah. spectrum covered. He's, co- he's covered both things. It's like uh, Colonel Tom selling the I hate Elvis badges. <laughs> Okay, are we ready to move on? We are, yes. Lovely, lovely. I wanted to do a two for one, Echo and Narcissus. Oh, I love Echo, go for that. Right? Okay, so Echo um, also had the misfortune of meeting Zeus, something that, from what I've learned today, is to be avoided at all costs. (laughs) Um, So he liked carrying on with nymphs, uh, but swore Echo to secrecy about the whole thing. Echo tried to cover for him when Hera, his wife, started asking what he'd been up to. It all sounds like the last episode of some soap opera, because that is very much the energy that all Greek myth has. (laughs) Anyway, so Echo didn't blab. Hera was furious and cursed her to only speak the last words spoken to her. So when she met and fell in love with Narcissus, she wasn't able to tell him how she felt in a very sort of Little Mermaid twist. Um, Mm -hmm. She wasted away from unrequited love and all that is left is her voice. (laughs) I mean, we've all been there. (laughs) So yeah, uh, echoing and echoic uh, relate to her. I couldn't see any further origins. It seems like that might be a name that was born sort of ex nihilo out of nothing. But uh, I may be wrong on that. I just, I really like the the sort of poetry of that sort of story behind the word echo. Yeah, it's beautiful. I remember my fascination with it when I first learned that story as a kid. Yeah. And how I'd shout in tunnels and hear her speak back to me. Do you have the the story of Narcissus as well? I sure do. <laughs> I sure do. He was Let's a hunter. It. He was known for his beauty. He rejected all romantic advances, including poor echoes, and fell in love with his own reflection in a pool of water. Um, this love was not exactly unrequited, but certainly a bit futile. Uh, <laughs> can't can't really marry a puddle. And he wasted away and left a golden white flower in his wake. Um, you know, in 2004, an earlier version of this story was discovered um, in which he doesn't waste away, but uh, commits suicide. Also a, so, popular, also a popular yes. move in ancient Greece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tragic loves. That's one of the one of the ways you can resolve that story. I'm going to say possibly not the best way you can resolve that story. <laughs> but um, the plants we call Narcissus today are a variety of daffodil. Um, Pliny the Elder says they were named for their fragrance. Uh, others say they're called daff- they're called um, Narcissus because they're poisonous to animals. Because the root there is narke, meaning to be numb, as in narcotic. Yeah, as in narcotic. So Narcissus may have just been numb, and we get narcissist and narcissism from him. Thanks, man. Yeah, cheers, dude. Uh, so I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure where to go with my next one now because I've got one that is about suicide and one that is about uh, drugs. Okay, interesting. Yeah, the drugs one's quite short, so I'll go with that first. When was the last time you had a good shot of morphine? <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. 
It's been a while. It's hard to get hold of in the pandemic. But the name of Morphine is derived from uh, Morpheus, the god of dreams. Ah. And star of the upcoming Netflix TV show, Sandman. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> James, are you excited? Yes, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my other podcast. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> There's no particular story. It's just, you know, Morphine puts you to sleep and that's related to, to Morpheus, the, the god of dreams. The reason Morpheus is called Morpheus is because in every dream in which he appeared to you, he appeared in a different form. Um, ah. So it's related to the, to the, obviously, the word morph, mm. meaning shape. I also looked up not not really related to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, aside from the fact that they change shape. They do they do morph, as does um, the little clay dude morph. Exactly, yeah. Tony Hart's little clay dude. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, isn't it, how one is called morph and the other one's called Chaz. <laughs> that is quite weird, now that you mention it. Yeah. Um, so when we say morphing these days, we usually mean changing shape, because I presume it's an abbreviation for metamorphosis. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've never put two and two together on that before. Well, we've done that thing of, like, deriving one word from another and then stripping back the derived version so that it resembles the original form and therefore they have two meanings. We bloody love doing that, don't we? <sighs> Complicate things for the etymologists, why don't we? While we're on the topic of uh, drugs and suicide. Sure. As as we always are. Let's get the bleak bit out of the way. <laughs> um, do you know what Mithridati is? Um, is it to do with Mithril? Uh, <laughs> I looked this up, actually, as part of it. Okay. Uh, no, it is not related to Mithril. Damn it. Um, I have no idea. So Mithril comes from Tolkien's made-up language Sindarin. Mm-hmm. Sindarin? Yeah. Myth means grey and real means glitter, so it just means something that is grey and glittery like sparkly metal. Okay. Good work, Tolkien. Mithridati is a universal antidote. It takes its name from the inventor, Mithridates VI, uh, who was the king of Pontus. Hmm. And as we know, Pontus was uh, an area of like Asia that was bordered by Paphlagonia and Cappadocia. As we know. Uh, in the first century <laughs> BC. Um, and Mithridates was a king, or rather he was a prince. He was a prince regent whose father was poisoned and he became terrified of the idea that his mother or one of his brothers would poison him to to steal the throne that they were sort of looking after in his stead. He began to take small doses of poison to protect himself and develop an immunity. Um, and that, that gives us the word Mithridatism, hmm. which is the, the practice of giving yourself small doses of poison to gain immunity. Oh my gosh. Um, and the thing I found really interesting was that Mithridati, this, this universal antidote he created, uh, he wrote the recipe down. <laughs> when he died, which incidentally the story goes that he was so immune to poison that he had to ask a soldier to run him through when he wanted to kill himself. Oh. But he, he had written down the antidote and when they like cleared out his stuff, they found found the recipe um, in a cabinet of his. The General Pompey took it to Rome and the the recipe for it persisted so long throughout history that Oliver Cromwell took some to uh, protect himself against the plague. Wow. And it cured, it reportedly cured his acne. <laughs> okay. As, as late as 1786, people, physicians could prescribe Mithridati in the UK. Oh, wow. I have no more on the topic. <laughs> I have no further questions. <laughs> I would like to speak about Sisyphus. I'm... I'm ready to hear about Sisyphus, who is, incidentally, a character in Hades. He is a character in Hades. You might feel differently about him after you learn a little bit more about the man. 
Oh no, because um, he's very—he's very amiable and he's very amiable. He's very civil and polite. Um, quite a likable chap. Not doing a lot of rock pushing, Not, but that's okay. Yeah, possibly slightly idle, but fine. Um, so we get the phrase a Sisyphean task from him in quite a direct line to mean a mm-hmm. laborious or futile, repetitive task because his punishment is to, for all eternity, push a boulder up a hill, which will then roll down again. And he's got to do that over and over again, achieving no aim and never quite getting the boulder to the top. Mm -hmm. So, he was a notoriously crafty king who hated his brother and seduced his brother's daughter in an attempt to kill him. But that's not what got him downed. No, obviously, it's when he (laughs) met Zeus that things went really wrong. Ah, that Zeus. I know, right? He abducted a nymph, Zeus did, and stranded her on an island. Sisyphus. God, Zeus and those nymphs, Jesus. He was all about the nymphs. The man could, the god could not be stopped. Um, he was a nymphomaniac, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Into the bin with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he was, and Sisyphus um, snitched on Zeus to the nymph's dad, telling him where she was. Zeus was livid, ordered Sisyphus to be chained up in Tartarus, the underworld. Sisyphus then tricked Thanatos got free, chained Thanatos up, so in some versions it's Hades. <laughs> um, he evaded death in a couple of ways, actually. He also told his wife to throw his dead body naked into a public square when he died. And then he pleaded with the gods of the underworld, saying, look, she clearly is so disrespectful of me, I should go back up there and tell her off. And they <laughs> let him! They let him! So he goes back up there, he says, how could you disrespect my body like that? You should have given me a decent burial. And then he just doesn't go back to the underworld i mean that's on that's on the people who let him out. <laughs> he was really sneaky he was a really sneaky guy hermes had to go and drag him back it was a whole scene anyway <laughs> um so he thinks he's such a clever bugger he thought he was smarter than zeus and now he has to roll a rock uphill forever i mean it seems, it sounds like he deserves it i've got some more thoughts from from robert beeks go for it he thinks sisyphus might be derived from sophos meaning wise as in sophistry and sophisticated mm-hmm. um, another theory from otto grupa a mythographer says it came from sissis meaning goatskin. i don't know um <laughs> so choose your own adventure of etymology there but that's where we get sisyphian from it also sisyphian is a word which really fits in the sort of the pandemic era of doing the same thing every day. Oh my god, it does. Slogging on. It basically, it's the, it's the intellectual way of saying it's Groundhog Day. Exactly. Um, so let's, shall we keep it intellectual? Okay. So Priapus. <laughs> okay. Crack on, love. That's what she said. Oh god. <laughs> Priapus was the son of Aphrodite and Dionysus, which if you're playing Hades, uh, that is the heart and the wine glass. That makes so much sense. <laughs> Um, so Priapus was like a, a minor god, a protector of livestock and fruit, the god of gardens, and also the god of male genitalia, who mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. marked in uh, mythology by his oversized permanent erection. Okay. We all know the feeling, right? <laughs> Maybe not all of us. <laughs> so the the story of Priapus is frankly bizarre, even even by the standards of Greek myth. While still in the womb, um, he was cursed by Hera with what's called inconvenient impotence, which meant he could not have an erection during intercourse. Um, He was also cursed to be ugly and foul-minded. And this is his revenge because the hero Paris judged Aphrodite more beautiful than Hera uh, when when he was contested to to choose. Ah, yes. And so when Priapus was born, 
He was refused a position on Mount Olympus and thrown down to earth. And he was raised by shepherds. That's why he's the god of livestock. And so, yeah, obviously from that story, you get the the medical term priapism. One of the things that amused me most about this is when I was looking up the etymology on Wiktionary, it said, see also permabona. <laughs> and I was like, if there are, could there be two more opposite, <laughs> like the, the poetic nature of priapis? And did you go, did you go into the history of permabona at all? Do we know where that comes from? <laughs> it's going to remain a mystery. <laughs> you can say, time clock. <laughs> Okay, very nice, very nice. I was I was properly on my hobby horse when I was researching this because I'm really keen on those iconic punishments. Mm-hmm. So we've had Sisyphus, we've had Tantalus, we've also got Prometheus. I would say, as far as I know, they're the big three, right? Yeah, yeah. Prometheus stole fire from the gods. Um, Eagle pecks out his liver every day. The liver was thought to be the seat of human emotions at the time, so it's the equivalent of pecking out the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and he regrows the liver every night and they peck out his liver again. Um, the moral of the story, I guess, is know your limits. Stay in your lane. <laughs> don't don't um, steal things from the gods. Right. Don't steal things from the gods. They don't like it. Zeus gets tetchy. You all know what he's like when he's tetchy. <laughs> um, the name Prometheus itself possibly means forethought. He had a brother, Epith- Epimetheus, which would mean afterthought. Mm-hmm. Not a name you'd really want, is it? He's our chosen one, the one we planned for, and Accident. His his younger brother, Accident. I assume it's his younger brother. It would be weird if it was the other way around. Yeah. Um, The Proto-Indo-European route may be related to to steel. Mm -hmm. And also you've got the primitive method of fire starting, which is the vertical stick that you spin or drill into a horizontal bit of wood. Mm -hmm. That's called a pramant, which is related to Prometheus. Okay. And uh, Promethean inventions are inspired, daring, or creative. So we'll hear the word Promethean every now and again. Yeah, Promethean. Which refers to him. Yeah, meaning sort of like a, a stroke of inspiration without precedent, right? Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Beautiful. I like it. <laughs> so that's the last real one I've got. Okay, so I've got, I've got two tiny ones that I'm going to mm-hmm. bust out. Um, one is that I was looking up uh, the muses, and apparently the word music... Is just directly related to muses. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it never occurred to me to make that connection. <laughs> oh, okay. So we've got um, music, mm-hmm. museum, yep. amusing. What else is there? Uh, just musing as in to have a think. Yep. Yeah, it's quite a good range of words there that muses are responsible for. Yeah. Do you want to go for another one? Yeah, tell us, what have you got? Okay, um, so hermaphrodite. Ah, yes. So hermaphrodites, a personal animal that exhibits physical characteristics of both genders, comes from uh, the Greek god Hermaphroditos, who was the son of Aphrodite and Hermes. Yeah, I didn't actually know there was a being called Hermaphroditos. No, me neither. I assumed it was just a combo, Hermes, Aphrodite, like what if man but also woman. Yeah, although the odd thing is, Hermaphroditos was the son of Hermes and Aphrodite and fell in love with a nymph and sort of begged the gods to be united with her so they were made into one person. Oh, that's cool. So half god, half nymph. Wow. Did the nymph sign up for that, I presume? Uh... (laughs) Was she into it or was this... Let's assume yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, historically yes. speaking, nymphs have not had the best part of the bargain. But no, that's so true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume in this case it was at least reciprocated. Okay, okay, I'm happy with that. So we're we moving on to our invented words now. Yeah, if you're ready. 
So what I've gone off the back of my research is I've decided that some of these gods and heroes need rebranding a little bit. <laughs> Go for it. So we've got uh, Zeusium, which is actions reminiscent of those of a sadistic bastard. <laughs> just, just really petty and angry, yeah. Yeah, petty, angry, nasty man. Mm-hmm. Slash god. I like um, it. And I've also got Sisyphistic. Which is when you're too clever for your own good in a way that gets on everybody's nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, I just think he's, a lot of his sins are whitewashed in the telling of the story. Like, yes, it sucks that he has to push the rock, but also, I mean, he was annoying. He was. <laughs> so, yeah. He, he tread on a lot of people's uh, heads to get where he was going. He did. He did. Okay, um, rather than do the Greek gods, I was thinking, who are the modern equivalents of the Greek gods, right? Mm. They're, okay. you know, the, the leaders of our culture. Sure. So uh, I've come up with uh, the, the tech bros. Naturally. <laughs> I think uh, something that is Dorsian uh, describes a ruler who is out of touch with the people beneath him and indifferent to the chaos they are causing. Dorsian. After Jack Dorsey, okay. the head of Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think a Zuckerberg is someone who is actively trying to disguise that they are in over their head. Ah. Um, after after Mark Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think something should be Elonian if it is impossible to tell whether they are malevolent or just crazy. Oh, yeah, I think that's fair. I like Elonian as well. It's better than Muskian. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I thought. I was like, that doesn't quite work. But Elonian, almost poetic. Happy with that. So we'll just be peppering those into conversation for the rest of the rest of the week. Naturally, naturally. <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun. I'm so glad we got back to it. There we go. And we're going to aim for monthly from now on, right? Yeah, absolutely. I've missed everybody. I've missed. I've missed talking into my white orb. <laughs> we're going to aim for monthly. Going to aim for monthly. Going to aim. We're going to miss, but it's nice to have something to shoot for. okay so my name was james you can find me on twitter uh, at james hunt and i'm anna you can find me on twitter at boots magoot and there is a joint podcast twitter account which we haven't really been using but we'll probably get back on that's uh, w-i-a-n podcast Mm -hmm. we will absolutely be using it more please do um say hi let us know if you're still listening and we will drag you back here by hook or by crook (laughs) god damn it you will listen to our content (laughs) yes thank you thank you for engaging with the hashtag content oh my god (laughs) i'm so ashamed (laughs) it's fine season two okay season Season two two. season two episode one it was planned thanks for joining exactly (laughs) we'll see you next month okay bye goodbye
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.